Well, it's a dynamic duo, we'll be back again. Nothing back with DJ, you better pack it in. You're lacking sense. Trying to tangle with us, scoop up a big black booties in the back of the bus to smack you. You're stealing your lunch, money to search. Ready to feel like just a touch. Only by the end of the day, that's understandable. What can I say? You got strong man to be. Mind, mind, As somebody on, on my Twitter pointed out, Japan versus Norway. The, the loser has to give up commercial whaling and the winner has to give up commercial <laughs> whaling. Women's World Cup. Yeah, so I, I sort of I had, you know, you know me, I love a grand unifying theory. Um, Basically, you're a physicist was, trapped was, in the body of somebody who used to run pubs and now <laughs> runs a butchery firm. Like, I, I was thinking about sports and I guess this happens a lot more in individual sports than in team sports, but sports where you have a clear sort of um, clubhouse leader, you know, a team that wins everything for a long period of time or a a long period of dominance, and then all of a sudden either, you know, the team regenerates, you know, a whole heap of players retire like that Australian cricket team or the West Indies cricket team, or the Americans women's football team is or, that fair to say? That or the All not, Blacks? Not be- quite because I've kind of all Blacks, yeah. I've discovered that the realization hit me this afternoon while watching the All Blacks almost lose to Australia at rugby, which is fucking unprecedented. Um, that the U.S. women's national team are the All Blacks in terms of their mm. their hegemony, but also or the hegemony, depending on how you leave the emphasis there. Yeah, you want to but run it. also in terms of the fans' utter entitlement and furious offense whenever they don't win by default. They must be the worst teams imaginable to actually support because how possibly could you get any joy out of supporting either the US Women's National Team or the All Blacks? If they don't win, you're miserable. If they win, you're content, if that. Yeah. Yeah, you're not, you're not getting the highs of um – Say South Sydney winning the, winning the comp <laughs> in 2014. Oh, yeah, Jamaica or, or, or Morocco. You particularly hired Jamaica if you were one of the uh, GoFundMe supporters who helped get them there, which is a, a, yeah. more of an indictment of the way that FIFA supports women's football than anything else. I would have said, but uh, yeah, it, it is weird how the um, it's been weird to watch Americans discover that there are other countries that play women's football, and some of them are quite good, and most of them are in different time zones. So sometimes you're going to have to play a game at two in the morning your time and you're just going to have to eat shit because the rest of us have had to eat shit on that for many, many fucking years. Yeah, because the other thing I've been watching a little bit of this week is that CrossFit Games where uh, Toomey has basically, you know, even last year when she was unknowingly pregnant and had a bad back, she still won her sixth title in a row. But it's really interesting watching everyone compete this year sort of, like it's it's like those Michael Jordan gap years, you know. Quick, quick, let's let's win one before she comes back because she will come back. And it, like she might not be as good, right? She might not be as good when she comes back. But it, there seems to be this sort of almost frantic energy to the competition where like everyone's trying to slip one in before, um, you know, before she returns. And I, I was thinking about this in the, in terms of the, the women's World Cup where. 
you know, is there is there a little bit of blood in the water? Where everyone's trying to slip one in before the Americans get good again, basically. <laughs> the thing is, the argument is that the Americans aren't going to get good again because their system is fucked and they really only got ahead because they had like a disproportionate support of women's sport in general because of Title IX and so forth. But it wasn't yeah. that they were necessarily good at identifying and supporting football. In fact, the American system is particularly bad at that. It's even worse than the Australian system. It's pay-to-play. It's rich white kids. It's, you know, you're not getting all the talent that you think that you need to. Well, is it, I can pronounce the dude's name, Zlatan, who did a big post this week about how sport in America is ridiculous and, like, you know, while he's got the cash and, He's quite happy to pay five grand a year for his kids to play sport. Like that's obviously not going to get the best talent in the system because you immediately exclude a whole heap of very talented athletic kids who can't pay five grand to play the sport. That seems far um, too so- like self-aware and socialist for Zlatan, who was a good mate of um, Berlusconi, who was a piece of shit. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that that whole kind of pay-to-play structure is the reason that Australian and American football are going to have challenges in develop- in identifying it and pushing forward the talent that they had fucking, you know, in the 90s and the, and, and the 2000s. We're not getting into yeah. one of those golden generations. Yeah. And the weird thing about the Australian women's football team is that they've had a transition. The Australian women's team are kind of where the, where the Australian men's team were – Say fifteen years ago, uh, and even probably even more so because we five years ago the Australian Women's League was one of the best leagues in the world. But now that money has caught up, and it's the American or the English leagues, basically, if you're there, you the W League went from being one of the best leagues in the world to being essentially a feeder league. I mean, your Sam Kerr's and your, your Christy Mewis's and your Alex fucking um, Morgans aren't playing in the W League anymore. Um, yeah, it's it's now. Well, that's that's why yeah. my guy at work, why like his daughter is the poster child of the A League because she's sort of been saying, "I've got, you know, I've got university and family, and and you know, the W League is a very competitive league, and I want to prove that you can be a good Matildas player playing here." Um, but you could you could go now, off to fucking you know random college and get a, a four year scholarship like um, hmm. my cousin's kid who I think probably is crossed over with your mates your your workmates kid uh, they're not the same person but I suspect they they've played in the same teams before we're dropping paths, yeah. we're dropping yeah. all the names out of this folks um, but we both have proximal experience of the women's uh, w- women's football football pipeline if you like. It's it's almost more accessible to just get a scholarship, go over to America, play over there, get something for it, and you either turn out or you don't. And if you don't, at least you got something out of it. So that that kind of amateur college shit actually works for women's football at this stage, whereas obviously doesn't work for dudes who are going to go to go and play wide receiver in the NFL. Mm. Yeah, well, uh, and like the flip side of that is the um, what's the what's the you know recruit potential college players to the Australian NPL called again? Rising Stars? Rising, no, Next Stars. Next Stars? Yeah, next Stars? Something like yeah, that. Something yeah, Something Stars. But Shooting Stars. But like, oh, New Faces. <laughs> shooting Stars. Like, Red Faces. Faces. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. We, we get, we're, we're getting far too close to racist territory here. We should mm. stop. But, like, you know, that's a, that's a career decision, right, because it's – it's like you could probably make more money playing G League or 
like there's avenues for making more money, but it's almost like what will set me up to have a better professional MBA career. So you might not necessarily, it might not necessarily appeal to the stars, but that second tier, you know, I want to be a sixth or seventh man in an NBA team. As soon as I hit the NBA, if you're that sort of player, I can see why coming to an Australian league would, would, um, uh, would definitely prepare you a lot better than going and playing college or even, you know, uh, what's the, not, not the G league. What's the other one? Overtime elite, you know, because you, you're going through all those profession, those super professional structures and, you know, playing, playing against dudes that are going to, you know, bruise you around a bit. But also because um, you've got a, a professional league that has a lot of NBA tentacles into it. I mean, how many teams now have yeah. NBA ownership or at least NBA scouts? Is, yeah. Sam Vicini sitting in, sitting in Melbourne when he's not going to fucking Essendon games. Yeah. There are NBA scouts there all yeah, the, the fucking time. There's a structure around it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I think as an NBA player, it makes sense. To any, that structure doesn't exist around the W League anymore. It was kind of organically grew up and then kind of – retracted, if you like, because a lot of those teams are offshoots of uh, A-League teams who don't really have any kind of fucking clue about what they're doing, uh, just because it's mm. it's Australian football and nobody knows what the fuck they're doing, uh, except for Ange Postacoglu, which is nice, <laughs> at least. We, well, we, for the sake of Spurs, we hope he knows what he's doing. So, Just to go back to the CrossFit for a second and talking about time zones and, and that proprietary sort of ownership of a sport so or, or a ha- team. Have we officially pivoted from being Australasia's leading fucking Crankworks Ball- podcast to Australasia's mm. leading fucking CrossFit podcast? Well, at least I can do the CrossFit. Like, I, like I still enjoy watching the mountain bikes, but there's- Oh, we can, all, we can all do Crankworks for about 10 seconds. It might result in permanent <laughs> yeah. injury. But we can do the first That's bit, right. the riding the bike off the fucking <laughs> ramp. After that, you're in God's uh- hands. Uh, you can do it you might not choose to yeah i was gonna say like seeing some of those guys up the top of rampage and and they're and you know the wind there's a gust of wind that blows the windsock up and you know guys like graham agassi is going no actually i'm not gonna ride down here today and it's like Mm. holy shit that must be scary because those guys are like known for being quite happy to break stuff in, you know, in chasing a new thrill. No, that there was the organising body said that this will be the last time they're holding the games in this venue in Ohio, which I guess is sort of like you know white bread heartland of um, of CrossFit. But it's been interesting watching it for three years because the leaderboard is increasingly European, Oceania, Pacific. Like it's probably getting close to f- under fifty percent Americans in the in the elite side of it. So I wonder whether they are actually going to go, you know, uh, like full global sport and and take it to Europe for a year. It would be really interesting to see, or whether they're just going to, you know, vague, you know, chasing money and going to Vegas or somewhere that you know is more more likely to to pay them to be there. Where's the money come um, from? I, I think it comes from. Gear sponsors, sort of like Lorna Jane, um, it's back and on it. fucking, uh, but more, probably more more niche stuff. But yeah, like a, a lot. Like I guess there's a lot of money in the. There is a lot of money in the gear. Like the the, the gear is not expensive, and and CrossFitters love gear. But ESPN's back on back in the broadcast rights, so I guess they've got a bit of money from broadcast. 
but I wouldn't I wouldn't think that ESPN would be sort of knocking their door down to move it out of the United States. They'd want to keep it there for the, for that sort of thing. No, because we've established how upset Americans are with the idea of something being in a time zone that's not their own. Yeah, and that and that's that that was until they announced that ESPN was back, and they didn't announce that till right up, right until kickoff that ESPN was sort of broadcast partner. But when they said, but oh, also you know, ESPN just, Plus is a there's a lot of shit a on hungry, ESPN hungry Plus. Beast. Yes. It's a bit like that that joke from was it Dodgeball that actually was made in made flesh ESPN eight the Ocho every year ESPN has a weekend where they turn into the Ocho and they just show fucking random shit like wife carrying and cheese rolling and fucking all that kind of stuff. It's coming up later. It's always in August because there's no other sport on in America in August unless because they don't have the rest of Lionel Messi killing people in MLS. So Mm. the Ocho was a joke that became real. There's a lot of crap on ESPN Plus that just fills hours and you could easily get lost in there. So just just because you're quote-unquote broadcast on ESPN doesn't actually mean you're being seen by people who watch ESPN. No, and I, I still think their YouTube channel is is a much yeah like no barrier to entry. Yeah, YouTube is essentially the modern free to air, and you know because everybody knows how to look up YouTube. Except that there's a billion channels, whereas back in the day there were two. In the old day, free to air was fantastic because if you're either on the commercials channel or you're on the ABC, and one on way or ABC, another you were going to yeah. get you were going to get seen. Now. Not so much. Yeah, and I, I wondered before they announced that ESPN thing. I wondered whether they were going to be the latest in the Amazon Apple sort of slow crawl into sports content. Yeah, um, Google too, I guess. I still don't Apple believe the Apple thing's going to work, eh? even with Messi and MLS and all that sort of stuff. It's still the barrier to entry is just so fucking high. They want they want to take a huge amount of money out of your pocket, and I know you, as you've said previously, you get that mm. that freebie if you buy a device, but if you haven't bought a device recently and you just want to fucking, you know, I don't want to, want to watch me, watch me a bit of messy. The barrier to entry is high. Mm. It's 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 enough to make me go. Actually, I've seen the best of Messi. It was in a Barcelona shirt in La Liga. I, I'm happy to move on. I'll just watch the fucking highlights on YouTube. Yeah, I just, I just wonder whether they because um you and I have sort of very 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 little interest in baseball. I watch a game, but evidently watch game. their coverage of baseball is sort of is doing a little bit like World Series cricket did to Test cricket in that, you know, it's super high def. They're taking advantages of the technology advances that the broadcast has. Like they're, they're um, you know, and they're not they're not reinventing the wheel, but they're being technically a lot better than what a lot of these RSNs were at actually broadcasting the game. Yeah, it was pretty comfortable and it was pitched uh, at 60-year-old men. The other advantage they've got is that baseball had a remarkably revolutionary series of fucking rule changes over the over the, over the, the break. And the games are now half an hour quicker and there's more scoring and it's a much more even contest between bat and ball. It's actually a much better game than it was, say, this time last year. So they're selling a better product that people actually want to watch. What do you what do you think the rule change for that is in basketball? Is it? I don't think there's like, anything wrong with uh, basketball. I think basketball's. Fu- I guess people get upset with the number of free, threes, free throws, but oh, free throws, yeah. But I don't. I don't find the game problematic. The, um, the G League, like I don't, because I, I mostly watch on replay, and you can just skip through, <laughs> skip through all the like all the time wasting stuff. But um, 
The G League oh. was trying one free one free throw. So if it's a three point foul or a two point foul, you have one shot, and if you get it in, you get two, and if you miss, you get none. I, rem- um, well, I remember the old one plus one that used to be in the NBL. Like you would have one, and if you got that, you got a second one. But it was that mm. was basically what the rule was for fouling. The problem oh, is you, that would encourage people to just just put the elbow on people because they go foul them, and they're only there are much less much less of a chance to fucking. You'd always foul the shooter because it would reduce the chances. If if it was one shot for three points, like from the foul line, you would never go near Steph Curry on a three-point line. No. It would just be like, do not touch this, dude. Exactly right. I don't think, uh, I don't think it's uh, that broken. And I think a lot of this, a lot of the dialogue is sort of dictated by the likes of your Jeff Van Gundy's and the Mark Jacksons, who, interestingly enough, are now out of work because they constantly whinged about the fucking product. Um, but I don't think the products. I don't think the products that broken. It's been good. That, they got record fucking ratings for the for the NBA playoffs this in, in the last year round, and it wasn't because the teams were any different or better or worse from the usual combination. People were engaged to watch that yeah, shit. It wasn't exactly high profile teams. It was just good basketball. Well, it was young and up and comers and all kinds of stuff, and that was American ratings, which, as we've discussed previously, are fucking limited. The rest of the world were just disinterested because of your. I don't imagine Serbia was disinterested in watching Jokic go and finally win that fucking chip. So, do you have a good indication of where this women's World Cup will be going? I do. Is it England? England sort of. A, Unfortunately, as the I do. Disappointingly, England might actually win a World Cup, an actual win, not like a moral victory, spirit of cricket, winning <laughs> on a count back of. All run fives behind square off a left arm wrist spinner or some bullshit. They might win an actual World Cup for yeah, the first time since ch- ch- changing the ball. Yeah, without changing the ball, yeah. or they might not get it on vibes and feels and fucking combativity prize like you get in the Tour de France. Voted on people who think, oh gee, they had a good go. Give them the fucking prize. They might win it on the on the field, and that would be disappointing because all of the most insufferable English fans will jump on the bandwagon. Like, Piers Morgan will jump on that bandwagon, and that will be just grim. Yeah. Grim. As I said, the US women's national team are the All Blacks because both of them are on a downswing. Both of them are being ripped apart by their the, the former pros. Both of them have the most entitled fan bases imaginable, and both of them might still be there at the end and might still win the fucking thing. Australia um, woke up and played football in that final uh, group game. That was – That was it. That, that was, was a, a good game. tremendous was game of football. Game it, was like, it was almost like they taped up Tony Gustafsson and left him in the boot of a car because they, they played football instead of playing Tony ball, and that was really cool. And they just they absolutely cooked the Olympic champs. So sorry it, to it was, sorry to Canada, and also sorry to anybody who was counting the, the ratings for the the Ashes because nobody was watching that shit. It it was interesting sitting down with my football mad eleven year old and watching that game because he. He was onto it straight away. He's like, Australia is quicker than them. He's like, C- Canada are not running. Like, th- mm. they don't want to try and run because they know that their opposite number is faster and more mobile than them. You know, they're trying to hold the possession and, and keep the ball away from the people that are quicker than them because yeah. they know if they get beaten. They're going to get cooked. If they get beaten, they're yeah. cooked. They're right? going to get cooked on the break the- and they're, they're literally trying to hold yeah. possession because the, for as long as they can because as soon as this breaks, they are going to get toasted. Yeah. Almost uh, less than 15, 16 kind of areas. <laughs> they will just wait. For, they'll get the ball off you and then you won't see the ball again until you're fishing it out your fucking net. He's got a um, – It's uh, the other thing is watching kids' sport. I, f- I find kids' sport really fascinating, like watching the, watching the skill-based build and watching them sort of put the building blocks together like – 
Curtis's side is between last season and this season has discovered passing. And like even today, him and, him and you, <laughs> that feels a bit late. Well, like him and another sort of really quick kid have discovered that they can sort of play this two man game. You know, so like one of them will oh, get. They're, it. they're just doing wall passes, one twos, one twos are the basis yeah, like, of all football. Like, 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 oh, but not even just one two. It's like one beat, beat that defender, go pass, get, beat that, go pass. Like they're yeah, doing like four passes and beating four defenders. Constant like, wall passes. You can cook everyone. Just keep as long as you stay on side, you'll be fine. Yeah. And then the other interesting thing has been, like, I just sat there today and went, I, I think you're averaging about two or three goals a game at the moment, Curtis. What's going on? It's like, yeah, I'm going all right. Yeah. He goes, but he's been a little bit brainwashed by his coach and a little bit brainwashed by his dad. He's a little bit prouder of the, like, in the trenches stuff than he is from the goal scoring. Oh, he's fuck like, that. Oh, yeah, you you're see- not going to make money doing that <laughs> trenches shit. Go out, score some goals, get yourself a boot contract, appear on the side of a building. I mean, you... You don't see fucking Lionel Messi talking about the assists he got. <laughs> I did say to him, mate, you got you, you drive from your dad and all your athletic ability from your mum because I certainly couldn't do any of that sort of shit when I was 11. So you think it could be an England-US um I think England and US, US are on the same side of the draw. I haven't looked no, at no, it. No, they're not. No. I don't care enough it, to look it up. England... England, Nigeria, Colombia, Jamaica, Australia, Denmark, France, and Morocco, and Ugh. Spain just spanked Switzerland. Oh Jesus! So they look like they're in they pretty good form. Ruined. Well, the Spanish have had a lot of turmoil in the background because their coach is apparently an asshole, and a lot of their players refused to play for him. And then some of them came back, and some of the key ones haven't come back. But it's 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 all very unfortunately, it's all very typical for Spanish. <laughs> Well, for women's foot, for women's sport. I mean, the Jamaicans people weren't getting paid, and there's Colombians. They were, you know, there was all kinds of grimness going on there, and there's just constant, generally old dudes interfering with the state of women's football, and sometimes interfering with the women's footballers themselves, um, which cannot be abided. Women's football triumphs despite FIFA and despite men. I think is probably the best way to frame it. They put it on a really good time of year, though, because not if you're America, it's at the world's... wrong time. It's all bad. Why isn't it on seven o'clock in the afternoon for me? <laughs> no, no. Because America's oh, all that matters. God, I hope they go out the fucking quarters. Oh, I'm more meant in terms of that. There's no major American sport on. There's really no. How dare you refer to Lionel Messi's performance in the in the League's <laughs> Cup, whatever the fuck that is? Um, but you're right. It, it, it's a it's the dead spot. It's literally the time where yeah. ESPN schedule their Ocho fucking season, the week of Ocho. Yeah. yeah anyway, I've, I've been enjoying watching the games. The games are good quality. There's, there seems to be endlessly of interesting storylines. I think because I know n- not very much about any of the teams yeah. outside of Australia, so every, everything is interesting. Everything a, is new. It's a bit like um, watching the Olympics. You kind of get the yeah, the, the yeah. pen portrait of the of the fucking narrative around it, which is kind of cool. Yeah, and and everyone is the great thing about it has been the the rate, and this is part of the reason why the Americans are so upset. Everyone else has got better, a hell of a lot better, yeah. even since twenty nineteen, yeah. except for Italy, who are terrible. But yeah, a hell of a lot of countries have got really good. But it's like five of the top ten teams have been eliminated already. Yeah, I think like rugby union, rugby league, cricket. All of those sports would kill to have a World Cup with that sort of variance, yeah, I think. Yeah, you say that, but I saw a fucking a developing nation almost knock off the All Blacks today. So that that was pretty cool. 
<laughs> well, the the um, I don't know if you, you like uh, like uh, the, the final word is a little bit hit and miss in terms of listenability for me. But um, yeah, I'm, uh, as I said before, I'm at a, I'm a little bit out on Adam Collins because he's extremely Victorian yeah. and extremely young Labor. Yeah. And while you know, I don't have anything against Labor or the Victorians. Oh, I do. <sighs> punish, absolute punish. They're Victorians. Um, well, yeah, but you know they have to exist. I mean, someone has to live down there. The um, the next T20 Cricket World Cup is actually like they've done away with all the bullshit play in tournament and and that sort of stuff, and it's a genuine twenty team World Cup pools of five. You know, every everyone gets a play. I feel like you can do that when the gate when you can fit two games in a day. I feel like you can do that. Day, yeah, and they should. That's where that that should be the development pathway tournament, right? Like the T Twenty World Cup should always have the most teams. I can understand the one day World Cup, like you said, because of the physical problems you've got in playing multiple games. But, but- also, there's the element of we all said. Hey, that that nineteen ninety two World Cup that was fucking ace. We should mm. do that again, where everyone plays everyone else. They literally did that, and everyone complained. Like now, you're excluding all these other teams. It's like, well, okay, yeah. sure, but what are we? You can't complain and then complain on the other side at the same time, unless you can because it's the internet. Yeah. Well, there's always something to complain about. Is there Speaking not? of yeah. which, should, should we wrap up our sport and come back and talk? About Do we have to pounds? address the fact that Australia won the Ashes? I think we should. Uh, I mean, look, why, 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 we did this four years ago. We didn't win the Ashes. We just didn't lose yeah. the Ashes. But what it reminds me of is that Australia, in a cricketing sense, exists only to be the the bad guy for somebody else's hero story. Yeah, Australia, the, the Washington Generals, the crickets, like you think of like all the great stories of cricket are people beating Australia. Fucking Botham's 82-83 Ashes heroics or the 2005 mm. Ashes or, you know, there's a whole lot of oh, these fucking- it, it, India here last time was one of yeah, the great yeah, victories. Yeah. Australia is Washington, Australia doesn't get to do fairy tale endings. The, Australia is is cricket's wicked stepmother, and I realise that term is charged because now that has a different kind of meaning in the era of Pornhub. But being a wicked stepmother doesn't always have to mean the kind of stuff that they do on the internet. Let's stick with the Washington Generals because I think that that kind of captures the, the idea. They they exist like they're always consistently good, but they're there to be beaten. You even think of the great fucking like the heroic games in Australian context. That was somebody else's moment. You think of the Test match that Graham Smith almost stole off them with a fucking busted hand. That was his moment. It wasn't Australia's fucking moment. Yeah, when was the last time you really, truly loved an Australian cricket team? And I reckon the last time was the Alan Border Warney side. I don't know. I, I really like these guys. And it might have a bit to do with, with Cummins and their rejection of Langer. And oh, and there are dickheads in I it. Like I mean, it, Dave Warner's a flog, but he's, you know, but, but I, my, I really want these guys my to win. Problem, my problem with this side is that they're inherently conservative. There isn't they're enough very, Queenslanders very, in it. Uh, there's just... Like, if they stick to their plans and their plans go well, they're an awesome side. They're really, really good. If something goes sideways, they pivot about as quickly as the Titanic. How much of that, though, is by comparison to Basball, which is basically Uh, like hanging out with a person who's like a dude who's off his lithium. It's it's really, you know, you're never quite sure what to expect from them, but generally it's going to be interesting. But I think I've had the same criticism of the Australian cricket team for a decade, and I realise that, 
now it just sounds like, oh, we want to be like England. But England have like two 40-year-old bowlers. I, I don't think they're that innovative. Like, Yeah, they're not, they're not innovative, uh, but they're aggressive. Yeah. That's the whole point is, is that yeah. is that oh, McCullum and Stokes have pushed them to be aggressive. I, I don't want Bazball. I want, hey, this shit isn't – like I used to love the Australian cricket ethos of let's give – Marnus Labuschagne a ten over spell and see what happens. You know that that Dougie Walters golden arm um, sort of attitude. Uh, yeah, but you know, Dougie Walters never got ten overs. He only ever got like two overs or the break alone. I think a lot of this yeah, stuff has but- been rewritten. You know, in in the context of Ian Chapel books and things like that. I don't think I don't think Doug Walters ever got more than two overs at a stretch. It was always uh, let's have a crack and see what works out. And they're always going to do yeah, them. But but even- the thing that that makes the most sense in the context of that. And you're going to miss a lot of that high variant stuff, but uh, yeah. they've they've contained they've held oh, the ashes. I, I, I what do you want them to do? Contain the ashes yeah. or play interesting no. cricket? Yeah, I guess. I, I, like I, I really like Cummins as a player. I don't. I, I think he's the captain that we need right now. But I would like another captain that was a bit more flexible. And this is the thing with cricket, right? Is you can talk about the coach all you want, but ca- captains make cricket sides. You know. They're the ones that have to pivot well, mentally on the field. And I think cricket has a little bit been taken over by McDonald's the- McDonald has actually been fairly in the background. I mean, you haven't thought about- Yeah. It, compared to, to the last two coaches, Langer and- um, Coaches, yeah. And Kegs Lehman. Lehman. We haven't really heard much of Andrew McDonald. And that's also because he's a ginger and he needs to hide, stay out of the sunlight in case he <laughs> catches fire. But it's been much more about Cummins, and Cummins has been comfortable with being the fucking front man. But also, I feel like- yeah. McDonald has been hiding behind Cummins quite a lot. I don't mind the, the the coach not being visible because I feel like the captain should be the front man for this sort of stuff. I also don't have a problem with a coach being inherently conservative because it's test cricket. We're not fucking. It's not T Twenty. We're trying to win a five day game of cricket. This might be a, a you know. I don't, I don't want a general who's going to throw all these troops at the first ruck and then discover oh they're all dead. We lose now. Yeah, I, I do wonder whether the 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 real innovation in cricket is in selection. Like, I do think sometimes, like, it's just some cricketers are better on different pitches. Do, do you know what I mean? Like, that's just I believe that's true. I certainly uh, think that's true. And I think we, Australian cricket tends to go, well, these are our best players and we're going to play these players rather than go, actually, this guy might be better than this guy on this pitch. Let's play this guy. But I felt like they did um, that to a fault in the Ashes series because they, they rolled bowling out where they should have played Stark in the first test match. Mm. And I was like, no, I think they all, we all kind of believed that Bolden was going to be great in under in English conditions and he didn't quite work out to be that. But Stark should have played every game there was to play there, the way he, the way he was playing. So I think they, they yeah. tried to do a bit of that, but it didn't fucking work. I think it was more that they just fucked okay. it up. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we didn't lose, so anyway, that's all We've got the ashes, so fuck off, England. And you're not going to win the World Cup because you'll fuck it up somehow because that's what you do. You'll probably lose to Japan or something. And then you'll have to give up fucking international whaling. That will really disappoint everybody. Uh, uh, good. All right, Doc. Let's come back and talk some tunes. Let's do that. This was the Bulls Podcast. I was Doc. Here's Bezo. We'll come back and talk to you again about sport next week. They've got that to look forward to. Good night to you. See ya. Gary has absolutely no idea what has happened to it. Still doesn't know.